Welcome to the NAFSA International Educator Podcast, the official voice of International Educator Magazine, brought to you by NAFSA, Association for International Educators. Hi, I'm Elizabeth Henley, editor of International Educator Magazine. Welcome to the podcast. NAFSA recently released a comprehensive update of its international education competencies for professionals in the field. The NAFSA International Education Competencies 2.0 provides a roadmap for ethical, professional, and inclusive work. A group of NAFSA members, each nominated by their peers, contributed hours of their time over the last 18 months to refresh and re-envision the competencies, along with the skills, abilities, and knowledge base associated with each one. Today, I'm talking with two members of the Competencies Commission, Holly Hudson and Marcel Balintium. Holly has been working in international education for close to 20 years and currently serves as the Associate Vice President for Global Engagement at Texas A&M University. She's an advocate for access and inclusion in education abroad and frequently presents at the national and regional levels on topics such as risk management, diversity and inclusion, and program development. Marcel is the Associate Dean of Executive and Language Education at Georgetown University's School of Continuing Studies. He's responsible for leading the school's non-degree certificate and executive education portfolio, managing all aspects of operations, partnership development, strategic planning, and financial management. Holly, Marcel, and I discuss what's changed in the field since the last version of the IE competencies came out in 2015, and how the commission determined what needed to be changed and updated. Holly and Marcel also talk about how international educators in every career stage and focus area can use the competencies in their daily work. Here's our conversation. All right. Well, Holly and Marcel, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really excited to get into some of the background of the refreshed IE competencies and really hear your perspective on how your colleagues in the field of international education can use this uh, refreshed document. So to start us off, I'd love it if you could give us a very kind of basic overview of the IE competencies, kind of what they are and what's their intended purpose. And we can start with Holly. Sure. Well, thanks for having us. The competencies are really intended to be a guide for success in the field of international education. So they they're created by international education leaders for international education leaders and to develop the skills that they need to be successful. So they're thinking about them sort of as the building blocks of success. I would agree with everything that Holly said there. I would say in addition that, you know, the international education is a complex field because we're pulling off of skills and knowledge that you might see in other vertical industries, but the competencies I think are a way for people individuals who are thinking about career in international education, as well as those who are in the field and um, sort of looking at ways to persist in their own development. So the competencies are a uh, ideal framework for an individual who is setting about their career trajectory, thinking about where they want to move into the next phase or the next level, as well as what the success look like overall for professionals in this field. I like that. It makes sense. Like, what does success look like? And to have that kind of laid out in a document, I'm sure is very helpful for people who are new to the field or even people who have been in it for a while. Well, I know there is a version of the IE competencies that has existed for a while, and this is a a refreshed version of that. I'm curious to hear what prompted the refresh. 
So I think it was really prompted in part by the pandemic. You know, I think during this global pandemic, we all found ourselves um, not just working in silos within our organization or within international education, but really having to pivot and learn to do a lot of things quickly and fill in a lot of gaps. And the way that the competencies were previously structured were really related more to key professional areas and very specific structures within the NAFSA organization. And during the pandemic, again, I just think we all sort of realized, wow, (laughs) we have to learn to do a lot more um, and we need to break down those silos so that we can better work together to support each other and to support our own professional development. And and that's where I think we we found ourselves and, and why the refresh was so important at the time. Yeah, I would agree. I think the pandemic really triggered a lot of social, economic, and political change in our country and around the world. And a lot of the different issues that have come about as a result of remote working, uh, changes in the nature of our work, reimagining international education as a whole because of, uh, you know, the sudden halt to, you know, opportunities for exchange and personal engagement. And so this refresh really came about in a time and an intersection when our country and the rest of the world uh, dealing with so, uh, some tumultuous change going on. And it was important that the competencies really reflect the changing dynamic in our field, uh, in the world, you know, on a more global scale, particularly uh, as we sort of have to reinvent meetings and and uh, ideas of what education, international education looks like. That's a really good background. And it really leads um, well into my next question. A lot of what both of you just said kind of spoke to the relevance uh, at this particular time of the refreshed IE competencies. What's some of the other value that you think this refreshed version of the competencies brings to the field? Well, I would say again, you know, um, the previous competencies, while they were very helpful initially when they were created in 2015. I think that this refresh is particularly valuable because what it does is it really develops a not a list of competencies that need to build upon each other necessarily, but they can all work together. They cross cut all through the NAFSA focus areas. So they're not related to education abroad specifically or international enrollment management or international student scholar services. All of the competencies are really appropriate for each of those areas and they connect and support each other rather than building on top of one another. And I I think that's what makes them particularly valuable at this particular intersection in time. Yeah, Holly, that's a great point. I I think that, you know, the value that comes out of the refresh is the idea that these competencies are not these skills and competencies uh, and knowledge that are are needed in these different areas are not unique to any particular knowledge community. And so the value and relevance that comes out of this refresh is that the idea of shared skills and breaking down those silos that you just mentioned earlier, this refresh really helps to acknowledge uh, that change, the interconnection of all the different work that we do, whether or not it's working with students going outbound or inbound or developing areas of teaching and scholarship. The value of these is that 
we're breaking down those silos now and looking at how our field is really connected on many, many different levels. Uh, and the skills that we're using are applicable. And with such the, you know, the change in our, in our workforce, particularly, uh, this is needed. People, you know, we talked about having to wear many hats for many, many years, but I don't think that's more relevant than now where, you know, people are finding themselves in situations where they're having to provide backup for an individual in work. There's such a, a change in the workforce going on. So, uh, yeah, absolutely agree that the, the relevance of these of this refresh is that it's really looking our field more holistically, you know, as opposed to these different competencies and knowledge communities that we used to have before, which are still equally important, but they're more acknowledging their interconnectedness. Yeah, I totally agree. There, there is a place for the knowledge communities, but having this um, new list of competencies is super helpful in, in realizing that we all have a lot more in common in our work than we have, you know, than different. And so it's helpful to see that these are all translatable skills that we can use to support each other. So obviously the structure has changed as you both just talked about. What else has changed since the 2015 version or what are some of the biggest changes and why were those changes made? You know, one of the biggest changes I think that I noticed is that in 2015, we were using, we used different vocabulary to talk about diversity and inclusion. And that came up over and over again in this new refresh in the 2.0 version was just really trying to weave the theme of, of diversity and inclusion within all of these areas and within our conversation. You know, I think we got a little bit more modern in the way we discussed all sorts of competencies, right? So um, instead of just talking about leadership, we talked about people development. So while leadership is important in order to get to leadership, right? You have to go through a fair amount of development and um, professional and personal development, right? So that was also discussed. So they, what I noticed within this particular refresh and conversation was really the threading of all of these things together, um, as opposed to approaching them as standalone blocks, they were more sort of threaded throughout um, the conversation in, in order to develop the this competency list that we developed. And, and I thought that was a change since 2015. Yeah, I think like I just mentioned earlier, the biggest change in this refresh 2.0 is stepping outside of the different knowledge communities within our field and looking at how they are connected. I think that has obviously been the biggest change. And, and I like that term that Holly used is uh, using more modern vocabulary, a set of nomenclature that's up to date. We had really long discussions about how, for example, uh, diversity, equity, inclusion um, was threaded throughout the different work that we did. And every single aspect of these competencies involves areas of inclusion and and questions of ethics, for example. And in these these values uh, are now are more prevalent, um, not only because they're important to our work, but I think because of what we acknowledged earlier, so much change going on globally 
that it's not enough to sit by and just focus on these hard skills that we need to write a grant or advise a student, but there are other there are additional lenses now that we have to look through that lens of, of focusing on ethical leadership that lens of focusing on diversity and inclusion and thinking about the students i think we often used to take that for granted in some ways in international education because we're we're constantly dealing with a, gr a diverse group of individuals coming from all different backgrounds um, ethnicities and and religious backgrounds and such and so this refresh, I think, kind of took some of the value systems that we had and made them more apparent and, and much more literal in the in the refresh. So I think that's what I value a lot uh, and what I see has changed most in the last few years. Well, it kind of seems like a lot of that thinking and intention that you and, and the other members of the commission put into that is, is really setting the field up to become what you want it to be. I'm also curious, you know, a lot changed. Um, I'm sure some things didn't change from the 2015 version. What didn't change to the 2.0? And why are those things uh, still relevant? Well, I would say some of the cross-cutting uh, competencies that we had previously didn't necessarily change, right? So we're still talking about leadership and leadership development and these competencies. And you know, instead of talking about financial stewardship, we we are we're talking about business acumen, but it's a similar theme. Communications, of course, is um, important, and so it didn't necessarily change. But what we did was we sort of broadened the idea of what does communication mean. So we looked at these cross-cutting competencies from 2015 and thought most of these are still very relevant and they still stand but let's expand on those and let's change some of uh, you know the way that we're looking at them and reflecting about them and let's be a little more inclusive but the themes themselves still still stand yeah i think with the uh with the pandemic for example it sort of forced us to look at our competencies in different ways you know for example uh, many folks work in the field of risk assessment and crisis management but suddenly that has a completely different meaning now when so many people were trying to manage a crisis situation uh, during that you know early phase of the pandemic and i think what also hasn't changed is just the focus on what some of the core skills are for our work developing people although we've changed that a little bit it's not necessarily more about supervision but it's about developing our teams you know, it's important that that everybody have uh, developed uh, strong um, business acumen skills, for example, financial management, budgeting. So yeah, those cross-cutting competencies are still there. The teaching, learning, and scholarship, they're they're worked in different now. They're they're showing how they're connected across the field and not so much based in the individual competencies in the, or knowledge communities in the past. I kind of want to talk a little bit about the process. I'm curious to hear more about what the process was and how the competencies commission kind of determined what needed to be changed, what needed to be updated. How did you come up with this new structure or way of organizing the competencies? Well, that's a good question, Elizabeth. I know it took a long time. <laughs> um, I feel like we came together as a large group initially um, with our NASA leadership to review the 2015 list and to have some discussions about, you know, essentially what, what was right about the list, what was still relevant about the list, what did we want to move forward with? 
And then I think once we determined that the goal was really to remove the KCs, the knowledge community lens, and to view this as what used to be kind of that center ring of the competencies, the cross-cutting competencies, and, and expand upon that. And then we broke ourselves up, we're broken up into some smaller working groups. Um, and then from there, I feel like we spent a lot of time having in-depth discussions and debate over well, a lot of words and the meaning of words and the value of words and the importance of these words and what do they, what do what are they really trying to say? I thought it was just such a great learning experience for me as a professional, um, certainly. And then um, after we we made our initial recommendations and list of you know what was a competency, what was a skill, um, you know what did you need for these skills. Then we sort of peer reviewed each other's work, right? So then we passed um, the information from group to group and and made comments and came back together. And so that's probably a long-winded way of explaining the process. But I think what I'm trying to get at is that the it was a very lengthy and in-depth exploration of of what really would be a meaningful list of competencies and not just recreating something that had already been done for the sake of doing it, right? Um, So I thought it was a very valuable process. Yeah, for the sake of repetitiveness, I would also concur with Holly that, you know, we were were in many ways uh, led by some NAFSA leaders, but also given the opportunity to step away from them, given that we were all in the trenches in the field, uh, and come back. So we needed that leadership in some ways to get the process started, but it was very organic. It evolved in a variety of different ways. Uh, I remember after our breakout sessions, we would go back for several weeks and get into the, the Google Doc and, and play around with words. And, and um, in the absence of having a deck of cards, is basically what we were doing is, is throwing out the cards there and seeing where they connect. And uh, some folks actually use that analogy when we were going through this process of of shuffling words around so that they see where they fit and which were the right words. And I think, again, that goes back to what we just talked about earlier about the value and relevance of them is that very, very deliberately trying to modernize and update and think about how different um, competencies and skills in this era that we live in now uh, what's important about them and what things do we need to work on. So, you know, everybody brought in their collective expertise, uh, but there was this greater awareness about modernizing and moving on past the, the knowledge communities and getting to a position where this can be embraced by the entire field and everyone can see themselves in different aspects of this. And, and, and that, I think, would be the biggest takeaway uh, from that is that there's a piece of this for everybody in the field. I'm curious, as the group was working together um, on this project, were there any themes that emerged, you know, over the the months that that you were in these working groups and wordsmithing and Google Docs? Well, I'm not sure if this is necessarily what you mean, but I think for me uh, and for our group, certainly, uh, we we did talk a lot about equity and access, diversity, inclusion. These are themes that when we would discuss any of the competencies, you know, these were themes, lenses that we would 
try to look through as we discussed the competencies and skills and the abilities. And I would say kind of in a totally different direction, another theme that emerged was, you know, we were all doing this for the most part from our home offices, you know, some of us sitting on the porch or, you know, sitting in our living rooms or wherever we were trying to work and simultaneously dealing with a um, a very intense situation in the pandemic and coming off uh, and experiencing some interesting political turmoil in our country, right? Um, and I think what struck me is just people's kindness and patience in this process and really giving each other so much grace. You know, sometimes people weren't able to show up or do uh, participate in a particular you know, conversation or meeting or homework assignment. And everyone was just really excellent at giving, you know, giving people space and forgiveness and and allowing people to to do what they could and filling in the gaps. And I thought it was just a, a really lovely representation of what international educators do um, all the time and what makes this such a great field to work in. Well, certainly an example of NASA leadership coming together again, to demonstrate what we're good at, which is collaborating, talking through ideas, ideating and bringing that into reality and actual plan. And I, I think that uh, was, was certainly an outstanding theme. In the other theme of inclusion and equity was just, it's just so front of mind right now for, for uh, very important reasons. And the discussions that we had about where that fit because uh, like inclusion, equity, and ethical practices, they, they really cross over uh, many of the different competencies. Uh, and so figuring out uh, if this is something that needs to stand alone or if it needs to be embedded in every single aspect of the, um, the competencies. Uh, so that discussion that, that came out, it's like, you know, this is too important to just try and thread. It needs to be an independent uh, so that that theme of collaboration and discussion and, and meeting um, people where they are, I'd say the other uh, thing that came out that is very evident in the refresh is this idea that people come to this field with uh, a set sort of knowledge, either that knowledge is acquired through prior work or life experience of living and studying abroad or whatever that situation is that they gained and separating that out. So the idea that we're looking at what's our base knowledge versus what are the skills and tactics that we need in order to go about our day-to-day -day work. That's very evident in, the, in this final product. Um, and, and I think that also speaks to the fact that we're recognizing that everyone brings different ideas and knowledge to the table. There's certain tools that we all need in our toolbox to get something done, to fix something, to create something. But uh, in terms of that canvas, which we're all uh, sort of working from, there's this sort of base knowledge of values that we all come together in international education. I think that's, that is the theme that came out of this refresh. Well, Marcel, you mentioned earlier that there's something in this document for everyone in the field. How would the two of you recommend that people use this document, the IE Competencies 2.0? Well, just yesterday, <laughs> I used it to help uh, rewrite the role of a program coordinator 
um, in an education abroad office. So I think it's an excellent tool for looking at job descriptions and really trying to be intentional and, and accurate in what we're asking people to bring to the table when we are hiring them. And I also think it's a great tool for looking at your organization overall and, you know, what are the strengths that your organization has um, and, and where are we lacking so that when you do have an opportunity to develop people in professional development opportunities, or you have an opportunity to hire new staff or bring aboard new people, you really know what skill sets you need to be bringing in to, to make a to fully embrace the competencies and make sure they're represented across your organization. So that, that's um, a couple of ways to use that. Yeah, I know in my office and, and in my role, I've probably done about three or four restructures or reorganizations and shifted position descriptions or, or had to uh, have people shift into different roles in order to backfill and cover for someone who was out. And, you know, people that are intentional about entering the field of international education or those that just enter the field by accident because of a, a shared commitment or um, passion for a certain aspect of the work we do. Uh, I think sometimes don't necessarily always recognize that, you know, this is a bona fide profession where we are looking at the skills and competencies that we need to do this work. And, and as Holly said in the very beginning, to find success. And so we put these competencies and what we want our field to look like and how we want to persist in this field and be successful in this field. And so using these competencies is very important for people at all different levels of the organization, um, as those who are in leadership positions and thinking about what their offices might look like as staff needs and office needs change, uh, but also for individuals that are looking forward. Uh, ahead, what might they expect? What skills could they be looking at from a professional development perspective? So I'm always leaning into my team to think about ways that they can uh, develop professionally in areas that uh, they haven't before as a way to expand on their own skill and knowledge base uh, and think about areas of development. So that is, I think, the, one of the most important and valuable aspects of, of these competencies is enabling us to manage in this dynamic environment and think about what are the skills and abilities and knowledge that we need uh, in order to you know flex the work that we do on a daily basis. That seems like a great note to end on. I want to thank you both again for your time today and also your time in general uh, working on this document along, of course, with the other members of the competencies Commission. And listeners can find the IE Competencies 2.0 in the NAFSA shop at shop.nafsa.org. And I'll also include a link and uh, some more information in the show notes. So thank you both for your time. And thank, thank you, you for having us. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thank you for joining us for this edition of NAFSA International Educator Podcast. Please visit nafsa.org to read more from International Educator Magazine and to join us as a member of NAFSA. Together we can make a better world.